Bringing you everything under the Disney umbrella. Network 1901. everyone welcome back to lipstick and lightsabers i am shannon and i'm alex and i really hope everybody is safe in washing their hands yeah did you see that video of the girl that was doing the leia speech and washing her hands to the length of that oh my gosh yeah i did yeah that one was so good that's amazing i also heard that you can wash them to the entire length of like the opening crawl oh like if you know how long that is in your head, which yeah. I don't, but apparently that works. And apparently Kylo's speech, I think, works too okay. when he's reaching out to Rey. So wash your hands. Basically, what you need to do is you need to make a playlist that just continuously plays in your bathroom. Yes, And it's exactly. all 20 second increments of Star Wars. Well, and see, like, this is great, too, because, like, you're supposed to, like, brush your teeth for a certain amount of time. You can just calculate that out. Like, it's going to be fine. We're all going to come out, like, with so much better hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, we're we're laughing because otherwise we would be crying. Um, it's been, like, a hectic week or two over here like nashville got hit really hard with tornadoes now covid is everywhere um seriously like everybody please be safe and please don't panic panic is like the number one thing that's going to just screw everything um Mm -hmm. we've got a list of some like lockdown recommendations or just you know if you're really feeling it we've got some like recommendations for you guys right now and just hang in there it's gonna be fine we're gonna get over it just Take your precautions. Mm-hmm. So I think to add insult to injury, um, Disney thought that they were doing a good, and they released The Rise of Skywalker early. <laughs> Which I haven't even gone close to. I'm like, nope. keep that away from me. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't want it. I, don't want <laughs> I, it. I was not planning on consuming this again until late March, maybe early April. Yeah, yeah. My mental ready. capacity isn't there yet. No. Yeah, the second that they released it, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And I feel like I got to see a few interesting documentary things, like, from a distance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people watched the Skywalker Legacy documentary. People have been watching the film. um, So now there's, like, all these HD clips around. Like, HD of the... I'll crawl home to you and the kiss, just no grave can hold my body down. Oh, my God. Um, And largely what I've been seeing from people about the documentary, um, because I was kind of curious about it, is that it's just really opening the wounds and even just like observing it from a distance. Like Alex and I really felt like those wounds being open again. Remember um, that morning that it, well, I guess people watched it that evening, Friday evening, and then Saturday morning when I opened Twitter, it was, like, so depressing. Yeah. I felt like I was, like, late December again. Yeah, I, I felt <laughs> like we were just yeah, back. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's basically every time Chris Terrio says anything, it just, like, destroys yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and and a lot of people were saying what they took away from it was that JJ isn't necessarily like a bad filmmaker. Yeah, that they kind of took away from it that a lot of the good ideas in the film were actually JJ. Yeah, I I think it really did just come down to a lot of people were saying that it looks like Terrio was really pulling on legends, which shouldn't have happened with the story group being there. So clearly, there's still some kind of disconnect, and basically just. The Rise of Skywalker just didn't follow its own canon, which in a way, like, makes me feel better because, like, we weren't reading the first two films wrong, but it's still, like, a bummer. Like, even all of the stuff that Adam says, like, Adam, uh, Adam Dutter talks a lot about Ben Solo and everything, and it it's so validating, but it also just makes you so sad because you're like, but it all went wrong. Yeah, because you know that, like, he's spitting out a lot of things that Raylos have been saying for ages. So you yes. know that he's he's probably distraught about it, too. Yes, exactly. I, I really feel like there are still people at Lucasfilm that understand this. And, yeah. that, you know, Alex and I are both really on that Ben is in the world between worlds train. So yeah. tinfoil hats think- are still on. I think they have left it so open for themselves, purposely. Yeah. Especially what's in the novelization. We haven't read that yet, and we're going to cover it next episode. Um, but I think there's a lot of stuff in there that is pretty clear that there is a window there if they want to take it. Yes. I don't think they're going to approach it necessarily anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think it would be incorrect to say that we're not going to see some kind of, like, fix it being done uh, in some kind of yeah. way. I per- want them to take their time to do it properly, oh, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I um, want them to, like, know what they're doing and to just, like, not not let it be reactionary. Just let it be, like, how do we fix this? How do we approach this? And mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to do it. And we'll just have to see how it goes. Uh, This episode in particular is going to be a lot of, yeah, this is great, but then this thing happened because Rise of Skywalker just blew everything up. But I do think it's a blip on the radar. I do think Rise of Skywalker was the anomaly. We just have to get past it to see how it's going to go from there. So... Since all of these old wounds have been opened, and since some people, you know, are like being stuck in yeah. their homes, a like quarantine in Europe, yeah, yes, I know a lot of people, even like in America, like Charlotte is working from home. A lot of people aren't being able to go to school. Yeah, so we have a little bit of a list of some content that will bring some joy back into your life. So anyone who has Disney Plus now has access to Frozen Two. So I think that was really exciting that Disney did that and they added it three months early um, to streaming service. And there are, I believe, I haven't actually double-checked, but the special features that are on the Blu-ray should be there because they've been doing it for other movies, but I watched them when I got the Blu-ray and they were really good. They have a lot of deleted scenes and deleted songs that you can watch with the storyboards. 
And if you listen to, like, the deluxe album, you've probably already heard all the deleted scenes. And they're really, like, the deleted songs, sorry, and they're really good. I love the deleted <laughs> songs. I like them as much as I like the, the songs that made it into the movie. I'm just laughing because <laughs> I'm thinking of Kristoff's song. Yeah, well, have you watched the, have you watched that deleted scene? I haven't because watched it yet. They boarded it. Oh, God. You can watch it with the boards. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's really fun. And um, there's some, like, really, really interesting things about the making of the movie with Jennifer Lee. And Jennifer Lee is so interesting. She's the first um, woman to ever direct something, uh, a feature film at Walt Disney Animation Studios, which is super cool and super important. And she is, like, so intelligent. And she's such a big inspiration to me. And, like, it's it's the special features are great. <laughs> yeah, no, 100, 100%. And I will say, like, every time I watch Frozen 2, like, it just gets better, better and better every and better. Time. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it Honestly, I'm like, how did Disney allow this amazing movie to happen? <laughs> like, it's just, it's so good. And it's so, so rewarding every single time. So I, it's been out on DVD for a little while. But if you haven't bought it, now you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, there is a mm-hmm. caveat in that there was, Disney was getting some bad press because they canceled their college program. And they did yeah. release Frozen 2 as a little bit of Early. a damage control. Well, they were supposed to release it on Sunday and they ended up doing it Saturday night for damage control, I think. Yeah, which is still kind of a bad look. But mm-hmm. like that aside, Frozen 2 is still amazing. And if you haven't yeah. watched it or you only watched it once, you should watch like, it again and watch all the bonus features. There are amazing people that worked on that film. Um, yes. Specifically, like, the songwriting and the animation and the directing. Oh. It's all oh, it's it's so just good. beautiful, beautiful movie. So also on Disney Plus is Diary of a Future President, which Alex has been trying to get me to watch forever. Yeah, I've been watching it since week one because it filled, okay, so it filled that weird slot that we, when we lost High School Musical, the musical, the series, it was that, um, I guess like tween teen demographic show that was on Disney Plus and it filled that spot. Yeah. It's very good. It's very good. I finally, <laughs> first, I binged I, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I wasn't sure about it. Um, I liked it, but it was a different feel from High School Musical, the musical, the series. So I was like, okay, I'm getting used to this different kind of dynamic, but I love it. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it reminds me, so like, this show to me is like the perfect reboot of... Ned's Declassified the School Survival Guide. <laughs> I've never seen that. Oh my gosh. So like okay. that show was all about like surviving middle school. And in Diary of a Future President, it's about a girl in middle school. And she's, you know, writing her diary. She's going to be the president one day. And this is like that version of Ned's Declassified. If it was from the feminine perspective, if it dealt with, you know, queer representation, if it dealt with, you know, more demographics, yeah. all of this, like this is the perfect, like elevated <laughs> form of that show mm-hmm. and it's just it's so well done and i've i've never like there's seen a, a lot show of like women this. working on this show yes, I noticed, and you can tell and i noticed when i was watching the latest episode this morning oh, it was a woman one. okay it was a female director and two female writers wow it's mm-hmm. just it's so i really appreciate how feminine this show is because like they deal with everything that girls deal with when they're in middle school like she's six she's in sixth grade she's like 11 or 12 like she gets her period for the first time her friends are horrible like all this kind of stuff like it's just done so well and i also love that like the mom has a really big part to play like she has her own story and everything 
it really feels like an elevated Disney Channel show, and yes. the acting is is a lot stronger than a Disney Channel show. Um, and it's just it's really special. I like. I don't know how they're getting away with things like this, like such good shows. But like, I hope it keeps going. I mean the the queer sexual awakening, mm-hmm. like it's being handled really well, and yeah. I'm glad that they are getting to explore this, because I know Disney seems to be, like, shying away from a lot of that, yeah. but Diary of Future President is doing something really spectacular, so definitely want to check that out. <laughs> so, Knives Out came out on digital, and it came out on Blu-ray, and I just want to, first of all, if you haven't seen the movie, rent the movie, buy it, watch it, but also the audio commentary with Ryan Johnson. <laughs> it is... <laughs> Amazing. I actually, so I saw Knives Out in the theaters once. I didn't get to see it with the commentary, but the first thing I did when I bought it on Blu-ray was I watched it with the commentary first. It was amazing. Ryan is a genius. (laughs) I don't know why I haven't watched it with the commentary yet, because, like, I remember watching Last Jedi with the commentary, and it's spectacular. So I know I need to do this. (laughs) I have been boob of the fool about not watching this commentary. It's gonna happen. Knives Out in general is just amazing. And even this movie gets better with every watch, even though you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, it does. So I've watched it three times without the commentary and once with the commentary. And it's actually better every single time. I don't get bored of watching it. Yeah, because Ryan's that good. Even though I know exactly what the mystery is. Ryan I don't is that get good. bored. He is that good. Mm-hmm. He is always the king of everything. All other yeah. movies can go home if they're not directed by Ryan Johnson, basically. <laughs> so then I, I, I guess I would also recommend like Ryan's entire catalog of films over a lockdown. <laughs> I think that would be a really good binge, like, binge uh, party within your house. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So we have also wrecked Jedi Fallen Order. Which we have talked mm-hmm. a lot about on this cha- on this podcast, but seriously, the storytelling is amazing. Alex can attest. If you don't have skills, you can still play this yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> I played on easy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just it's beautiful. And I mean, I watched a walkthrough. We've talked about this. You yeah. can still find that on YouTube. It's it, it's amazing. You need to experience yeah. the story. And in in Canada, at least right now, it's on sale. It's like thirty dollars off. So I don't know about in the states, but. If you have a console, it's on sale. If they release it on Switch, I'll play it. (laughs) (laughs) I recently just, like, had a mental breakdown and bought myself a Switch, and now I can't stop playing Minecraft and Pokemon, so. (laughs) Tony's been playing a lot of Witcher on Switch. Witcher is still above my skill level. I'm (laughs) positive. (laughs) Positive. But I do want to rewatch The Witcher, because that show's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's another good recommendation for a lockdown. Very good. Such a good one. So the last one we have on here is actually a book that I just finished this morning, and it is Sarah J. Moss's new book, uh, Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood. I, I'm i not going to spoil anything. Um, probably by the time this episode comes out, I'll have already put out like a review for it. But this has been the first thing that I have consumed that has actually made me forget about how upset I still am about The Rise of Skywalker. And it almost feels like it was written specifically to, like, heal myself after the Rise of Skywalker. Wow. 
I yeah, and I don't. It's not like Sarah would have known. No, exactly. It just it, it reads like one. <laughs> it's not like a straight Raylo fanfic or a straight Raylo AU. And I'm not saying that like it's Raylo and I only like it because it's Raylo. Nothing like that. I'm just saying that like. The way that I feel when I read, like, a really good Raylo fan fiction, like, when I read, you know, like, Sword of the Jedi or um, We Could Plan a House, like, that's what it felt like reading this book. And even the beats, like, things will happen and it's horrible and it's like, oh, man, like, this is the last Jedi part. This is, you know, the whatever. And it's just done so well. I... (laughs) When I got to the ending scenes, like, things get really intense in, like, the last 200 pages, I was actually shaking. I had to, like, actually stop reading at points, like, when I was at work because I just couldn't handle my emotions. Like, I was messaging Alex and I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. It just, it's so well done and it's very self-contained, but she is kicking off a series. Like, with the epilogue and with a lot of questions that I still have in this book, it is kicking off a series, but you could read this book and it could be, like, all self-contained within it, and it's just... That's really good. Oh, the balance of the fluff and the Because she doesn't really write like that. She doesn't write self-contained. No, like, all of her books kind of lead off, you know? Like, things could be happening. So, like, clearly this is a series, but as far as, like, Bryce and Hunt and the you know, and the other main characters in this book, it feels like I do have questions and I know that they're going to be addressed, but kind of, you know, like Reese and Feyre and like all of them, like it does feel like their story has come to like a good stopping point. Like now we're going into Nesta's story? Kind of, kind of. Yeah, I kind of feel like, so I, there's still a lot of things that we don't know about Hunt uh, that have been hinted at. There's some things that are hinted about, like, where Bryce could be going in the future. So I do think, like, their story will continue. But there are more questions with, like, some other people, <laughs> some <laughs> other things going on. Okay. I'm, 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 I've started the book. I'm not very far, but I'm hoping that things will calm down. I had a really busy week, um, so I'm hoping that I can get a lot of reading done, like, after work Yeah. in the coming few weeks and that is another thing too um even if you can't get out you know to get books or anything like that uh we both read on uh this app called libby which connects to your library so you can download ebooks and audiobooks directly to whatever device uh, this book on on my libby app at least within my library it has like months wait (laughs) <laughs> so probably it's going to be an ebook buy for a lot of people hearing this. Yeah, probably. Which honestly, so yeah. worth it. I already yeah. want to read this book again. It, I took my time with it because it it felt so good to read this book. It uh, just the way it, it it's really dealing with Bryce's grief, and through that, it allowed me to deal with my grief <laughs> from the Rise of Skywalker. So it just highly recommend. I cannot say enough good things about this book for real. Yay. <laughs> okay, so moving back into Star Wars territory. But the, these can be recommendations for the lockdown, too, but they are Star Wars-specific yes. ones. Yes. Two comics have been coming out. We have The Rise of Kylo Ren and the new Vader 2020. Uh, what, we're going to talk about Kylo Ren in a minute. It's all wrapped up, but Vader is going to be six issues, I believe is what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, it's releasing monthly. And so far, we have two issues of it. And yeah. Alex just caught up. I've been reading along with it. Mm-hmm. Y'all. 
<laughs> yeah, so I bought these. So I bought these digitally on the Marvel Comics app, which is really, really easy. And I've been reading them on my iPad, and the colors look really, really great digitally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't look as good when they're printed. They look so good digital. Um, but I love collecting the Kylo ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I read the comic. I read all the comics di- digitally on my Marvel app. And it just, I love the Marvel app because it zooms in on each specific thing. So it's not like just the page. But that is specifically on the phone. Because I was using my iPad to read and it was like a normal comic. It was showing me the whole page. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Because like mine, it'll zoom in on like each Mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. And like I read it in landscape because it like zooms in really well. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense on a phone, though. But yeah, on my on on an iPad on a tablet, it's gonna be like the whole comic page. But I will say, when it comes to this new Vader comic, so this is by Greg Pack. Pack. Yes, Greg yeah. Pack wrote this one. Charles Soule did just recently do a Vader run, uh, which I would also like to read. Alex read that one. Um, But this one's by Greg Pak. Yeah. And in this, we are dealing with Vader pretty much right after the events of The Empire Strikes Back. So he just, you know, reached out his sand to his son. His son rejected him. And he is really going through it because, like, he didn't know that he had a child. And so now he's like, these people kept him from me. And... Mm -hmm throughout the story so far he's kind of rediscovered things about padme it's like as a well. mystery it's kind of like a mystery and, and i love that there are a lot of flashbacks in this comic but they are always from vader's point of view where especially like in the original trilogy when you're when you're watching empire strikes back and you see that I'm your father scene, it it feels so much that you're in the point of view of Luke. Mm -hmm. But the way there, for some reason, the way it's drawn in the comic, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this through Vader's eyes this time. Yeah. Like, I feel like my son is rejecting me, you Mm -hmm. know, and the way that the pages are laid out, I love because it'll cut from like, you know, Vader is not very, like, emotional on the outside. He's very robotic. But the way that it's done, it's like these flashbacks are what's going on in his mind. So you feel all these huge emotions, like, just right there on the page. And the colors really show that he's really going through it. Yeah. Specifically they're with really that. really muted. Yeah, they're very muted. And it's very red um, in mm-hmm. the flashbacks. And, like, specifically with The Empire Strikes Back, like, Luke, you know, falls like he falls away from him down that shaft and it draws a parallel between that and padme dying and it's just like hits you peter is such a sad boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's such a such a sad boy and i love it i'm very excited to see where this series is gonna go um the first issue kind of leaves you on a little bit of a cliffhanger and it's kind of tying into things that we learned in the Padme novel, which I really yeah. appreciate. So it's it's really cool tie-in. Yeah, it's very, it's, very it's cool. It's very rewarding if you've read the Padme book. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's amazing that it ties in like that because, like, that is a YA novel, which I would yeah. say is, like, more marketed towards girls. And, like, yeah. the Vader comics, you would think, like, men would be reading it. So I like that that's a mm-hmm. connection. 
Because it feels like they're very different demographics, but at the same time, like, here we are reading the Vader comic. Like, yeah. it is being done. Well, like, and it shows that, like, it's are, still the same story. Yeah, and there and there definitely are men that have read Queen Shadow. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Like, I was really happy to see that, and I, I think it's going to go in a really interesting place. We'll probably talk about um, the issues a little bit as they come out, but we'll save, like, spoilery stuff until, like, the whole run is over, probably. Yeah. And I was going to say, if, like, if people are looking to really binge read comics, I think Marvel Unlimited is their subscription service, and it's probably, like, the most convenient and valuable way to probably get through a lot of comics. What would you, what would you recommend? Oh, Afra for sure. And um, the Soul Vader run, and those tie in together. Yeah. Like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Those are those have been my favorite. I'd have, have sorry. I've also read the Star Wars run. Um, that's restarting. Um, I read um, the Mall. So the short uh, Mall run. It's like I think it was like four issues or something. That was good too. Um, but I want to say like Vader and Afra, and then now Kylo Ren have been my favorite. So, yeah. <laughs> so Soul, like Charles Soul, is a favorite of mine for sure. Yeah, I never really thought that I liked comics but reading kylo ren and now reading this vader comic like i'm really interested in like trying to read more so like i definitely want to read the charles soul vader comic and i think i might try afro too yeah i had been taking so my library has um physical um copies of a lot of those but now my libraries are closed here so so i won't be getting them now but um, I'm wondering, do, does your library have any on Libby? Like, is that a thing? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. I don't mind buying them on my phone. They're like, mm-hmm. I think like the new ones are like $5. Since those it's are older, bit, they're probably discounted. It's a, it's a little bit more now. Well, I mean, sorry, um, in, in Canada. Because I think the first issue was more expensive than my second issue that I bought. Mm. I thought it was weird. But yeah, there's also the option of Marvel Unlimited, but I, I don't know how much that is per month. It's like $10 maybe. But I would say like if you really want to get into comic reading, that's probably a really good thing to do yeah. because comics are expensive. Like I thought about buying the bound um, version of like all of the villains ones, like the Snoke and the uh, Kylo yeah. Ren and all that. It was 20 bucks, And I'm yeah. like, I've got them all on my phone. Like I don't need to have this. Mm-hmm. So... But with that being said, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic series has now come to a close. So it was four issues. Uh, The ending was pretty explosive. So I'm really excited to dig into this. Yeah. So we're going to, this is our spoiler warning for all of those issues. Um, Though the spoilers were everywhere online, like before the the comic (laughs) even dropped. Um, But yeah. I would uh, probably tune out until you finish reading it. Yeah, for sure. And I will say, I, we've had this like disclaimer every time we've mentioned the rise of Kylo Ren because of the rise of Skywalker. Like, even though the rise of Skywalker like is what it, it can is, be, it can be triggering. It can be very triggering. Sure. It, it, this story can be very triggering to see Ben in this state. Um, it does start with the temple burning, and this is the steps that he takes to becoming Kylo Ren and seeing the type of man that he is and seeing the way that it turns over in his mind. Um, it is very validating for 
you know, like us and people in the Raylo community, people who have been saying these kind of theories for a long time. But seeing that and then reconciling what happens in Tross um, is very triggering for sure. Like we've said, we are very much on the train that he's not dead and he's coming back to life. So it's still a good series. And I love Mm -hmm. seeing how much care was put into this character. I respect Charles Soule so much. He really gets it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he gets it. So, like I said, this series um, starts off with the temple burning. And we're following Ben as basically he runs away from it. We learned that Snoke is pretty much the only one that he was able to turn to. Snoke had been talking to him throughout his entire life. And when some other of his classmates think that, like, he's responsible, he's really driven to Snoke. And you see throughout the course of this run that he resigns himself to the fact that I guess I'm on the dark side now, but he never did anything. He never chose it? He never chose it. He was kind (laughs) of drugged there, like, kicking and screaming. It was kind of like... Well, everybody already assumes this of me, so I guess this is what I am now. Yeah. Which is very sad. sad. (laughs) sad. I basically I think the the thesis statement of the rise of Kylo Ren is uh, Ben Solo did nothing wrong. Yeah. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he meeting the like the Knights of Ren and like seeing their old master, I think really shows you that Kylo Ren is not the Ren that he, like, meets before. Um, They're very much about killing. They only, like, follow their own code. They don't really care about anything. And Ben is very much not that. And Mm -hmm. he does kill Ren, and that is how he becomes the master of the Knights of Ren. But it's it's not out of anything dark. Like, it's it was done out of, like, you killed my friend, and you're a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And, like, Ren is such a different person than Kylo is. So then the whole thing in Rise of Skywalker, when they just keep calling him Ren, I'm like, what? Yeah, it doesn't... <laughs> with this with this backstory, it makes even less sense to call him Ren. Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. he, he really is somebody that just feels like he's got all this expectations put on him. And it it even says it in the comics. Like, everybody thinks that he's somebody. They always expect something of him. And, like, he just... He sees himself as no one, and he wants to be no one. And I think him going to the Knights of Ren and, like, becoming their master, like, this is him resigning himself to the fact that he has to be someone. And, like, even this isn't a path that he chose for himself. Like, some people were like, oh, he became Kylo Ren because he's rebelling against, like, his lightsaber path. But, like, no, even this was not a choice that he made. He was it's forced into like, it. like he was so isolated and he had nowhere to go because his Jedi friends weren't trusting him anymore. Like, if they had been, like, if his Jedi friends had trusted him when he said, you know, like, I, like... Like, this isn't just stay away from me kind of thing. Like, maybe he wouldn't have gone there. Yeah. But I think they pushed him away. They did. And there is one character who does still believe that there is good in Ben. I'm not sure you say his name. Is it Tay or Ty? 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 I, it's like T-A-I, so I'm not sure. I think it's Ty. They have, isn't their ship named, like, Tylo or something? <laughs> something like that. Um, but he, he is somebody who 
did care about Ben and I would say probably is a true friend to Ben. But I also think that because of Ben's headspace and because having Snoke and Palpatine, you know, constantly whispering in his ear, he was never able to like fully see that either. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other students do think that he's responsible and do set out to like bring him to justice. And he's just trying to get away. He's just trying to figure things out. And he's not really able to do that. And it, but to me, it's kind of crazy because all these students, they have Luke Skywalker as their teacher. Now, do they know that Luke saved Vader? That showed him compassion? Because, yeah. because what was Luke teaching him, them, all his students, all these years that when one student seemingly did something, that was not right, they would just attack him rather than try to be compassionate towards him. Well, and surely they knew that Luke was the son of Vader. So, and, like, we've always... At that point, though, because what happens in Bloodline, like, when does that happen in the timeline? That's true. Well, I don't... I don't know. I just, it, it really makes me wonder about what Luke was keeping hidden. And, like, if he, if nobody, yeah. if, if nobody knew about Vader, like, whether he was his son or that he died redeemed or anything like that, why would Luke keep that a secret? Like, why wouldn't he spread those teachings? Like, why didn't it extend to But, I mean, in the, in the Last Jedi, you see him in that movie finally realize his yeah. mistakes. Yeah, his his that he wasn't passing down that knowledge. Yeah, I I think that the real thing that like the Last Jedi is trying to show you is that like Luke let himself think he was this amazing perfect legend when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which again, <laughs> Rest Skywalker, why must you do these things to me? Because <laughs> Mark Hamill needed to learn those things too. I think. Yeah. So it's it's really devastating that Ben truly didn't have anyone to turn to. And so he does run to Snoke. And it's very clear that the relationship between him and Snoke is very abusive and, uh, like, emotionally manipulative. Like, yeah. Ben has no idea what he's gotten himself into, even though, you know, Snoke looks like a creeper in a V-neck and a hat. <laughs> His little armadillo outfit. His armadillo outfit. He's rocking some Naboo style, let's be honest here. I do think that Palpatine spun the perfect trap. Like... (sighs) Yes. So... I (laughs) am... Though, what was the reason for the trap? Okay, let's ignore (laughs) the rise of Skywalker for, like, a minute. (laughs) So, like... Palpatine survives and wants revenge on the Skywalkers. The best way to do that would be to reach out to the most vulnerable of them, which would be an infant that isn't even born. Ben Solo has been preyed upon by Palpatine since before he was born. We know this from the Aftermath books. He has had his voice in his head his entire life to the point when you know, this thing happens to him, this is the only person he thinks he can turn to, which at this point is Snoke. And he has, he's so isolated. It's like there was never any other way for this to go 
unless somebody else had like reached out a hand to him and said like no this is not the way which does eventually happen that eventually happens with ray but like his destiny because of palpatine was for this fall it was inevitable it's just he did nothing wrong he didn't deserve this i know he did nothing wrong ever like he didn't want ren to kill people he didn't want to kill the students that were chasing him he does kill one of them which uh i think it was ty black points out that like this is more about him than it is about her like because yeah. he tells her like you're not a jedi anymore you don't have anybody to train you blah 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 like he's really talking to himself and so like the yeah. death of her is more of like a metaphor than it is like i'm mm-hmm. evil haha that kind of thing yeah no i i totally agree with what ty was saying about that and like he really was like in a headspace where like he had just killed someone for the first time Right? Yeah. Like, and someone else feels that. Yes. Somebody else, there's a couple people feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we run too far into that, um, you know, this is the first time he kills somebody. The next time, presumably, is Han. I don't know if he kills anybody between that. Yeah. Uh, At least directly. Yeah, The Force Awakens, he's not killing anyone. Yeah, like, yes, he did order the attack on that village and all of that, but it's in the realm of fantasy and fiction, it's very different when you're the one doing the killing, um, because it normally means something different for your character. Like, that's why it's being shown. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think her name was Vo. Um, Yeah. Her death clearly weighs very heavily on Ben, because I think this is him killing Ben Solo, except Ben mm-hmm. Solo's not gone. Like, you see this again when he bleeds his crystal, which normally you don't do. Normally you bleed somebody else's crystal. Uh, crystal is the heart of the blade. And he bleeds his crystal, but, like, it didn't It didn't want to turn. And it cracks. Like, Ben Solo's heart is broken and screaming, is what his saber means, But it literally. doesn't want to break. It didn't want to break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just, oh, it's so it devastating. It knew that if he just went home, everything would be fine. But he couldn't mom. let himself do that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if he had just gone home to his mom, like, everything would have been okay. But because of Luke and because of Snoke and all of this and seeing how people react, like, this is a person who's, like, dealing with, yeah. like, mental the illness. Pressure. And, and pressure. the pressure of the legacy. Yeah, like, he, nobody was telling him, like, it'll be okay if you go home. And by the time, you know, like, Han is there, like, it's been so long. Like, he just, Mm -hmm. he's been in it for so long. Like, it's, he can't imagine that he could turn back. he doesn't have any hope for himself. And, And in the documentary that came out, Adam even says that. How do you go from a character that has no hope, that is just completely hope, Right? With Ben? Yes. <laughs> and and he does say that, like, Adam says, you know, he doesn't even realize, like, what he's doing, but that he has to be with Ray because as long as he goes with Ray, everything will be okay. And that kind of brings us to our big topic for today, which is talking about the dyad and this little internet theory called the dream theory. So, you know... 
we learn in The Rise of Skywalker that he is a dyad. And in the last of the Kylo Ren comics, we see that when he falls, he makes his fall, he kills Ren, he kills Vo. It's felt by Leia, which makes sense because that's his mother. And she also feels, you know, Luke's passing and all of that. But it's also felt by Rey. Yeah, by what? Um, she's like 14? 14. 14-year-old Rey? Yeah, something like that. It's That's a big deal because... Which <laughs> like, we have always believe that they're they had been connecting prior yes so this is just like we were right (laughs) yes this is pure validation which dream theory is a pretty big theory online so i'm sure a lot of you probably know what this is but if you don't it's been around since force awakens it's been around since the force Force awakens novel like it's it's huge yeah but if you don't know dream theory is the idea that Ben and Ray have been connected their entire life, which I would also say that the dyad theory, you know, confirms that they've been connected their whole lives. Um, a lot of people were kind of wondering and like what a thing because Snoke says that he created the bond and he bridged their minds, blah, blah, blah. But people who are really like firm in the dream theory are like, no, they've always been connected. Like they've yeah. been seeing each other in dreams they've been like seeing each other their entire lives they've always had this connection and seeing that like seeing that leia feels it is so different from seeing that ray feels it because like leia is his mom blank but Mm -hmm. he's never met ray before at this moment yeah so that's a big deal but like but like i said to you is this the first time they felt each other and i would say no No, i would think that this is just the first time we've seen it yeah. Canonically, this is the first time as an audience we're seeing it happen. Yes. I think that they've seen each other before. In a daydream? In a nightmare? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both of them being so isolated. Yes. And they're a dyad. They're a dyad. They've, they've seen each other. So, uh, Joseph Campbell... Um, does have a definition for a dyad, which I will also say I've seen that Chris Terrio brings up Joseph Campbell's <laughs> theory of a dyad in the documentary, but he, he like, uses it wrong. <laughs> so in The Power of Myth, um, Campbell um, talks about this legend, this myth regarding the split of the human soul into two pieces. One is imprinted in the female, the other uh, in the male. And the two pieces spend their lives searching for their missing half for their dyad, um, which is like a precursor to what a soulmate could be. Yeah, and basically this means that no matter their fate, no matter if Ben had become Kylo, they would have found each other. Yes, even if, like, Ray yeah. had fallen instead, or if, like, Ben had never fallen, if he had stayed and be- become a pilot, like, they would have found each other no matter what. Yeah. In any alternative but, reality. So, to me, when, in The Rise of Skywalker, when it is, re- well, Kylo says that Palpatine doesn't know about their dyad, doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> Because it would have, to me at least, I would have kind of pulled on that string and said, like, oh, 
he you he preyed on Ben to lure his granddaughter out. And see, that's kind of where it like it does unravel because if he didn't know about the dyad, then Ray should not have been a Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Because it would have made more sense that like she was this nobody on Jakku that like nobody knew about. Yeah. So that like that was the undoing. Like he preyed on Ben. He thought he could do the same thing to him that he did to Vader. Yeah. But what he Thinking, didn't account for again mm-hmm. was love. And that's not how it goes, but that would have yeah. made more sense. So to me, like, does that just mean he was preying on Ben to just get revenge on the family? I I guess, but like it just he still could have done that and it still could have meant something. Like, mm-hmm. why couldn't Ben have been his vessel? Why did it have to be Ray? I have all these questions. It's Rise of Skywalker. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but with Dream Theory, so, like, for us, like, we believe that they've been connected since the minute that they were born. And Ray was born. Ray was born, yeah, because obviously yeah. Ben was um, born first. But. I think that this even gets a little bit more steam because we do learn in the novelization for Tross that, you know, like, Ben couldn't feel Ray, like, when he was crawling him out of the pit. And yes, that can be like, oh, well, you know, we see that, like, Leia feels people passing and, like, all this kind of stuff. But I could, I would also think that, like, if you had a bond for your whole, like, for a majority of your life and then suddenly it goes dead, like, you would feel Half of you, half of you is dead. Yes, half of you is gone, which shouldn't be possible. And, and, like, it's almost, like, shown physically in the way he's limping towards her. Yeah. Half his body is not even working. Yeah. Like he's completely broken as well. Like, yeah, he did fall down the pit, but if half of your soul is gone. It's very visual. It's a very visual representation of like how it's feeling internally for him. Yes. It's, it's extremely visual. And this, this is supposed to be a power that, like, defies and, like, is greater than life itself. Like, this, the myth, like, the mythical dyad, like, they could go anywhere with this. Like, you could even talk about, like, the son and the daughter and Mortis and all of this. It's very, it's a big deal. It's a very, very big deal <laughs> with the dream theory. And little bits of it, like, do come up in a lot of, like, looking at the production of things. Uh, I was flipping through the art of books for Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and in Force Awakens, there's a lot of, like, imagery where it's, like, they wanted fire and ice, they wanted this light versus dark, this, you know, this push and this pull, this Mm -hmm. yin and yang kind of thing, and when you get into The Last Jedi one... They have some interesting uh, concept art for the cave. And one of the concept arts for the cave was that half and half picture where Rey is on one side and Kylo Ren's on the other, which is kind of like a callback to what Luke sees in his dark side vision uh, when he is Vader. But it says that... Uh, what are Ray's conflicts? This image reflects the little bit of Kylo Ray force connections, as well as the duality of light and dark, good and evil. Some of these were being pulled from what I knew of The Force Awakens, but also little glints of information from Ryan and mirroring the cave and empire. So, like, little bits 
of themselves in there. Like they mirror each other. They are two halves of a whole. A mirror is a, a representation of seeing yourself, yes. right? And if you're seeing someone else in a mirror, yes, then that is visually telling you that they are part of one of another. Like they are yes. one. And not to skip over TFA or anything because we we're going to get there, but in the mirror cave scene, uh, and I looked it up in the the novel as well. This this part when she you know reaches out to the mirror and she says you know like let me see them like she's she's wanting her parents and she sees these two figures walking towards her but they merge and they become one and I and it's it's Adam's it's body, Adam's body. <laughs> it's very clearly Ben Solo walking towards yeah. her and I would even argue that like it's a vision of both of them and they come together to become one. But then what she's seeing reflected is her mirror, is Ben Solo. And when it fogs back over, it's just her. And mm-hmm. that can also just be because they are two halves. You know, they are one and the same. You can also get into, you know, Ray is looking for this past and this belonging, but it is just about her. Uh, but regardless, like, they are each other's mirrors. They are an echo of each other. Let's talk about The Force Awakens and the movie that started it all. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't really looking into all of this at the time. I didn't read The Force Awakens novel until after The Last Jedi, when both of us were, like, fully on the (laughs) Raylo train at that point. Um, But a lot of people after The Last Jedi were saying, you know, like, Raylo's really clear in The Last Jedi, but I'm not seeing as much in The Force Awakens. Now, like, obviously, there's the obvious. It's the, it's the, what's it called? The, when he carries her onto the ship. Oh, the bridal carry. The bridal carry. Very obvious visual representation. But then there's some things in the book, in the novelization, that you don't get to read or hear or see in the movie. And, um... One of them is, uh, you have the page numbers here, eh? Yes, I do. I don't have the what girl page number, but oh, that is... Oh, the what girl is in the movie. Yes. Yeah. So in the in the movie, there's the moment when he hears about BB-8 being with a girl, and he goes, what girl? Right? <laughs> and it's just like the tone of his voice is just like, why is he going into a hissy over some random girl? Yeah. (laughs) Which you could take in a couple of different directions, (laughs) but it's, he does have this odd fascination with this girl, with this scavenger, with this nobody from nowhere kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I do want to put like a caveat. This book, the novelization is written by Alan Dean Foster Alan Dean Foster did provide a treatment of the Rise of Skywalker, which is... <laughs> okay, but his the, his treatment for the Rise of Skywalker was a lot closer than we all thought it was going to be. It really was. Especially to the novelization when they go into all the Palpatine explaining. Who knew Alan Dean Foster right. was right? <laughs> so, like, so he's kind of a clown, but, like, in this book, I wouldn't say The Rise of Skywalker, or I wouldn't say The Force Awakens novel is, like, that great, but there is still a lot of things that you can pull out about them, and flipping through this and seeing the notes that I had written down is, like, 
a trip. It's insane. Like, they first mention a bond on page, like, 158. This is just Kylo talking to Snoke. And, like, he says that, like, your bond isn't just with Vader. It's also with Leia, with Skywalker. Like, he still has that connection to the light. But when you really get a sense of, like, there's something bigger going on here is Ray's vision when she reaches out to the legacy saber. So in the vision, she sees a hallway. We hear the voices of Obi-Wan and Yoda. She sees Kylo Ren in the rain. She sees the snow battle. But in the book, it kind of goes like a little bit more in depth. She actually was seeing um, a boy in the hallway. And we don't know who this boy is, but she's hearing this voice calling out to her. And it is a male voice. Um, You see that a lot more in the junior novel. Uh, It's in chapter 13. But it's a voice that she's very, like, it's that voice. It's italicized. It's a familiar familiar voice. Familiar. (laughs) Yes. She's heard it before. And when... It's funny that you get this, like, I've heard this voice before. And then right after that is when she's running in the forest and Kylo captures her. And it says, like, she had uh, seen this man before in a daydream, in a nightmare. Like, that familiarity is back. Like, these, some, this voice that she's been hearing, these dreams, this vision that she's had, like, suddenly it's right in front of her. What does that mean in a daydream, in a nightmare? I don't know. A daydream. She had seen this man before. Yes. When they connect in The Rise of Kylo Ren, she doesn't see him. He, She just feels cold. Yeah, she just feels him. So I do think that there is something to be said for they feel each other, like the bond was there. Um, I do think that the Snoke bridging their minds thing could have could still be like he bridged their minds which strengthened the bond like it wasn't quite there yet um yeah so like maybe they hadn't ever obviously they hadn't ever like but, visited each other and spoken yeah but they were but feeling what does that mean like they they had a dyad their entire life and then um Snoke is just like, okay, I'm going to throw some gasoline on this dyad and it's going to, like, heighten it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And yet Palpatine had no idea. (laughs) I just... Someone explain to me how it makes sense. Uh, It's because they pretended, like... They pretended that The Last Jedi wasn't real. But, like, I would like someone to actually try to piece together this thing to make it make sense for me. Yes, because it doesn't. It really doesn't. If if Snoke is Palpatine, because like I was is, is yeah, like I was so reading back over Pal- like did Palpatine <sighs> just send Snoke out and it was like bye. Yeah, like is he, he his had own- no control. He had no control over anything Snoke was doing. I mean, I guess or was he. Was Palpatine also in Snoke's, like, in his mind, like, the way Snoke was in Kylo's mind? It was, like, a chain. But it still doesn't make sense. Because then Palpatine would know about their connection. And about Rey. Because in the last Jedi novel, Snoke talks about, like, you know, it is I who bridged your minds, like... Uh, this girl is his weakness. I'm forcing him to confront his weakness. Like, that kind of thing. Like, 
surely that would mean that like you would report that to your superior rights i have no idea that's what i'm trying to figure out yeah how any of that makes sense I know it, it. It all. That's where it all gets like really murky. Is the rise of Skywalker? Because the whole clone thing didn't have to happen. No. The clone thing just me- messes everything up. Yes, it does. The jar of pickle Snokes. Snoke could have been his own entity. Yeah, and it would have made more sense. I always thought that, like, I thought that Palpatine, like, they found this like thing, this sentient um, person out in wild space and then Palpatine used that as a vessel like that's what I thought Snoke was so like a, like like you mean like a Voldemort thing where yeah. he, his head was on the back of Quirrell's head yeah and then like that okay. it, it, it would make sense to me that like you know Snoke dies but like Palpatine transferred its con- consciousness before yeah, he could do like it again. Voldemort. Yeah, just like Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, that that's that's what I thought. <laughs> but clearly, no, because Palpatine doesn't know anything. <laughs> so, whatever. But she's seen him before. So, to me, this would mean that, like, they maybe had, like, dreams or seen, like, snatches of each other. Because even Kylo, like, seems to recognize Rey, especially at the end, um, in, during the snow fight in the novel, uh, which is page 289, he says, it is you. It is it you. It is you. <laughs> There's no reason <laughs> for him to say this. Is. <laughs> huge emphasis on the is like he knows this girl like there is this familiarity there and i think that that can also feed into him being trapped in the world between worlds and them seeing each other out of order yeah i think so (laughs) yeah (laughs) like this happens in doctor who also like there's a couple um it's river song and the doctor they meet each other backwards it's really interesting but i think if ben was in the world between worlds it could make sense that maybe he that's how ray maybe saw him like older and maybe had like dreams of him and like you know some people have theorized that he's the one who says i'll come back for you sweetheart i promise like that's in the book as well yeah so that's where that would come in for me And then just, like, the feelings and the isolation and the loneliness, like, that is their dyad, you know, like, simmering. That is their their bond just kind of underneath the surface. Yeah. And when she invades his mind, when Snoke bridges their mind, it literally pours gasoline on it, and it just erupts into what we see it as. I fully believe that sweetheart line is him. I really think that it could be. Because the only other explanation, the only other explanation is that it is a memory of her parents leaving her, but I just, they weren't ever going to come back for her because they knew that they were yeah. going to die, which already I, I hate everything to do with Ray's parents. <laughs> um, or and, she imagined and the, it. Also, the argument that back then when that was written, the parents didn't matter. Yes, the parents didn't matter. So at that point, people were thinking that maybe she imagined it, which is possible, but I just don't think so it's so purposeful yeah to to write something like that yes 
I will also say in Crescent City, at one point, there is the line, come back to me, sweetheart. And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) 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 about died. (laughs) Just great. I just and I like the idea, too, of like world between worlds, then like helping Ray in little ways along her life kind of thing. I kind of think about it as like like her like her guardian or like a fairy godmother like he was like watching over her she was never alone ever whether it's from world between worlds ben or from the dyad she was never alone her entire life the belonging she seeks is ahead yes it was already with her this entire time Mm -hmm. but that belonging can only be achieved ahead still. Yes. <laughs> He's still out there. He's still out there. Like, this is why he can't be gone. Like, I can understand that they they take, they might be taking this and being like, well, now her belonging is with the resistance, but you can't introduce this idea of, like, a soulmate bond of a dyad and say that her life is going to go on just fine with half of herself being gone. Yeah, because when you see visually like we said then climbing out of the 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 pit and him like literally half of his body is working yeah exactly it just that visual representation of half of him working is enough for me to say like that she is so broken yeah that they (sighs) this is also a thing that you see sometime in media. Like, when you're connected like that, like, you feel the other's pain. I can't think of, like, any specific uh, examples of that. But that is, like, you know, you see it in fix, like, with a soulmate mark or, like, marks that on other people's bodies appearing on your body. Like, you feel their pain. You are connected in this way. So that visual representation of her being so broken makes him so broken. And even getting back into Sarah J. Moss, like, she does mating bonds all the time. And specifically in A Court of Thorns and Roses, like, Feyre's mate, without her even knowing it, she had been dreaming of him. And he had influenced her. Like, her birthday falls on, like, a night that is very significant to the other person. Like, it they were connected in these little ways that, like, suddenly, yeah. when they're together, like, it all clicks. And speaking of that birthday thing, I think that, right, it was born... So their 10 years apart was when he was the loneliest he could be. Before, like, I guess when he first went to the temple or before, right before. Yeah. I I love the theory that, like, the night that he was sent away and just, like, felt so alone because his parents sent him away and, you know, he didn't have anybody was the night that, like, Ray was born and suddenly, like, he felt, like, this connection. And, like, clearly he wouldn't know what it is or anything like that, but then suddenly, like, he wasn't alone anymore either. And he could be tethered to her. And that, like, that tethering to her is what kept him from going to Snoke earlier. Yeah. But that was that that shred of hope, that shred of light that was, like, always there could could have been that, that bond. It could have been that he was never completely alone, which that would make sense if Palpatine didn't know anything about it because he was never as alone as Palpatine thought he was. 
mm-hmm. which again, it just gets kind of muddled in there because of what he knew and what he didn't and with Snoke and all of that. But like at this point, it would make sense that like he was never as alone as Palpatine thought he was. Yeah. Oh, the sad boy. <laughs> so we've already talked um, a bit about TLJ. That's when we finally see like the bonds manifesting. And I think it's ridiculous to think that they weren't having bonds over the time gap. Uh, th- yeah, they had to have still been. Yeah. The way it opens for the first time in The Rise of Skywalker, it's like, oh, this again kind of thing. It really has that vibe. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's. they they keep seeing each other and like this whole like idea like the way ryan created it was like so they would be forced to talk Mm -hmm. to each other which is not how they use it in the rise of skywalker but it is still forcing them to confront each other i have a feeling they have a they had a mixture of very angry bonds and very like tired some bonds like when they're both just tired of fighting and kind of just had conversations with each other yeah and then they would go back to angry bonds and my my favorite fics are like (laughs) collections of just like bonds that happen like it's just great Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's no that's exactly what i'm i'm talking about like i think that there are probably bonds that happened that were moments of vulnerability that both of them kind of just leaned on each other a little bit. Uh, build a ladder to the stars. Yeah. Such a good fic. <laughs> Such a good fic. So moving more into the rights of Skywalker, like we said, this is where things kind of get muddled. Not necessarily because the theory is disproven because it's not because we learn from things in the behind the scenes. We've seen from things in the novel that like the story is there. The problem is the film is a, a mess and there's lots of holes. It's executed very poorly. Yes. So this is when the idea of the dyad is finally mentioned. I don't know where it came from though. Who told him? Um, because <laughs> like suddenly I mean, he knows we so we know that Ben at least the way he's portrayed in The Last Jedi he is very scholarly <laughs> he does a lot of reading yes I wouldn't say that the rise of Skywalker Ben Solo seems very scholarly to me. <laughs> the past versions of him have been that I would say, based off of that, he probably has done a lot of like holocron research and stuff. Yes. And that he figured out it on his own based off of um, a dyad that happened like generations ago, like they said. Yes. Like it, it's been a really long time. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. Like he would read about it and he would put the pieces together. Yeah. And I still think like that it's that's kind of how like Adam is playing it. Like I've figured it out and I'm I'm trying yeah. to explain it to you. But it would have been so much more meaningful if we had like a small scene of him like like, you see her with the books. You see her doing research in this movie. But imagine we got to see him doing research. Yes. Well, a lot of people had theorized there there was a scene that was cut where he meets with something called the Oracle. Oh, yeah. And a lot of oh, people yeah, theorized that, like, that's when he was going to learn about it. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's not what happens with the Oracle scene because it's in the book. 
which I think is just a big missed opportunity because when you visit Wait, an oracle... what happens with the... Like, the oracle doesn't tell him about the diet in the novel? No, the oracle just gives him the wayfinder. So then in... So then, like the movie, he just tells her that they're a dyad. Yeah. I don't know if maybe there's going to okay. be something else in the book that people haven't um, leaked already, but that was in the scene that they put on StarWars.com. It just... So I, I don't mean to bring Crescent City back up again, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so there's an oracle in Crescent City, too. It's like a rite of passage. You, you go to the oracle, and they... Basically, it, it's modernized to the point where it's basically just tells you what job you should have and all this kind of stuff. But Hunt goes there to ask questions about this murder that they're investigating. And the Oracle doesn't really want to play his games. And she's just like, well, I could tell you what happened to blah, blah, blah. And I know who you really are. And like all this kind of stuff. Like that's normally how like Oracles this, are. <laughs> yeah. Well, this reminds me of like the surreal in, in a court of... Of Miss oh, and Ruin. Yeah. Oh, Miss and Fury, baby. sorry. Mm-hmm. Baby. Yeah, like, normally, like, these beings who, like, know more and to be called an oracle, like, kind of play by their own rules. And it's like, well, you're asking me these questions, but what if I ask you these hard questions that you don't want to know? <laughs> like, yeah. those kind of things. So that is kind of a missed opportunity there. But Adam does talk about how, you know, like, Ben and Kylo, like, he knew that there was this connection, there was this something with this girl, and he was never sure how to articulate it. And then, like, when he finally figures it out, like, that's all he wants is to, like, get back to her and, like, be with her because he's figured out, like, this is the person kind of thing. You really see that when Ben is Ben, you know, like, he's in his good boy sweater and all of that. But I do think... Mm -hmm. From the first mention of the dyad to that, there's a lot of nonsense. <laughs> so there is. It's kind of weird. And <sighs> Palpatine not knowing about the dyad and then using the dyad to heal himself, I don't understand. Yeah. How is he... Ex- so he was... His whole original plan was expecting to live on within his granddaughter. Yes. Instead of him living. So I guess in this context, they he decided, oh, I can just use this power of the dyad. It's the power of life itself, and it will heal me. Except it doesn't necessarily visually. And in this context, you're kind he of... He does. His fingers grow back. Uh, well, and he, he gets red robes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> truly magical. Truly magical. It's an Elsa transformation. But... Also, in this context, you're saying that he, like, breaks the dyad, which shouldn't be possible. There is nothing... Everything in myth says that, like, it is, like, the it strongest... Can't be broken. Yes, the strongest bond can't string, be broken. A red... The red string of fate The red string of fate. Be, it cannot be cut. It cannot ever be cut. So, even if he is sucking up this power, it can't be gone. Like, they are still connected, which is why he can't be dead because he's still connected to Ray. Like, yeah. one half cannot exist without the other. Mm-hmm. And so my my concern going into the novel was that they would explain that in a sense that 
Ben's soul entered Ray's yeah. upon his death, and that's how the diet isn't broken because he is still in her, which I was so, so scared about that. Now, we have seen novelization spoilers, so if you don't want to know what actually happens, just skip forward, like, a couple minutes. But, so the novel doesn't confirm that at all, which makes me happy. But on the other hand, it's like, well clearly like the dyad isn't broken then it's not all within one person yeah yeah they do say something along the lines of you know like i will always be with you and Mm -hmm. again you can take this in a different direction uh but i don't i don't read it like that at all no i don't either it's like it's you know devil's advocate you can say like the people who leave you are never gone like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but i also don't read it like that. I read it as he's still out there somewhere. And because if if this was the case of, like, oh, you know, he's dead, but, like, he'll always be with her, whatever, he would have appeared as a force ghost. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And you can say, oh, well, they didn't want to break up the image of the twins together, whatever. But even if that was the case, he could have been a force ghost in the book, which he's still not. Yeah. They could have added an extra scene or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because there's plenty of stuff like that that happened in novelizations. There's so much. Yes. So they're still connected and he's not gone. This is our World Between Worlds train. Welcome aboard, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes sense to me that he is stuck in some kind of in-between, like, I don't know exactly how it happened. Like, maybe he just used so much energy. Like, I have no idea. But he's got to still be out there somewhere. And what I want more than anything is to see Ray go and find him. Mm -hmm. I've also seen fix where they reward Ben for being so selfless. Yes. With, like, return or a path to return. I like, and I would like compare that to like the Disney's Disney's Hercules when Hercules goes to save Meg, and they both grant them with life again because of their selflessness. Yeah, it, it's the Orpheus myth. It's you know descending down mm-hmm. into the underworld to save the one that you love. I would really no, love them to do that. In that version, it doesn't. No, it doesn't no, 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 no. Of course not. He does. He does kind of win his freedom, but he doesn't pass the test. Yes. To, to take it. But in retellings, you overcome. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like even if so, in that myth, um, he can go down there and, and save his love, but he's not supposed to look back, and he does, and so that's what he makes him lose her. And I would say that even if they did that and they stayed very close to it even if ray looked back something else would happen some other kind of test would happen mm-hmm. and this is also something that is you can see in a lot of books um i don't want to get too spoilery but there is a book if you want to know i'll tell you um that is about to start exploring that um it's ninth house by lee bardugo so it's very, very interesting. And it's something that I really want to see. I want to see Ray dealing with having half of her gone and 
trying to find it again. That is that going all the way back to Campbell, you know, mm-hmm. it's these two halves that are fated to find each other, that are yeah. fated to come and, together. And even like in the new season of Sabrina, you really see it. And it's more explored that once she gets her boyfriend back, she's so worried about losing him that she keeps looking back at him kind of thing. Yeah. And she does end up losing him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's even, I would say, like, even Tangled does a really good job of these two, like, objects, these two friends that are fated to be together, you know, managing to overcome and all of this. Like, love is supposed to be the ultimate power, and I think... Ray, you know, not giving up and because she loves him so much and going to find Ben is the ultimate ending. Because to me and to you and to a lot of people, you know, Rise of Skywalker does not feel like a satisfying ending. No. And and that's not just, like, me being a Raylo being like, oh, like, they're not together. Like, it just, all together, it doesn't feel like the Skywalker has got a satisfying ending at all. Like, they didn't get to live they didn't get to survive at all they all had really like depressing lives i would say yeah and they all died like they they didn't ever get to live happily and like sure ray takes the mantle of skywalker but now knowing that she is actually a palpatine you know like palpatine won Mm -hmm. so it's there's got to be more going on here i want to see it happen in a book just because you can get more nitty-gritty about it. I don't know who would write it. Hopefully yeah. Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray. <laughs> um, I don't know, but Claudia Gray. Yeah, I, like, I don't know, but it should be Claudia Gray. <laughs> it just, I think it's got to happen. And, like, you have here, like, maybe she'll meet him in dreams. She'll get clues through her dreams, something. Yeah. It's got to happen. She, yeah, her her falling asleep would connect her to him. And when she wakes up, she only remembers certain portions of of their meetings yes and clues to where to find him yes and to me the way you like lay down like the seeds the way you kind of build up to this is by exploring more mystical force stuff which could happen in the high republic um that's way set in the future it doesn't even have to tie in at all but if they go more into that mystical side of things that's already you know setting some foundation if they were to revisit Rebels and do Where's Ezra, mm-hmm. that could also open a door. I, I would even say that Force Bond that happened in the last issue of Kylo Ren, like, that is a little seed. That is a little seed of seed, like, like just showing you a bit of mysticism between them and saying, like, hey, remember them? They are connected. Yeah, it, it's all these little things that, like you don't even notice it but then suddenly when it's happening you're like oh my god like the foundation was there and it's been building like Mm -hmm. that's how that sounds very Dave Filoni to me to do those types of things I I even wonder like where this new Vader run is going that there could be seeds in it yeah a hundred percent like I he is because Vader is chasing a ghost Yes, he is. And, and, and Ray could be doing the same thing. Yes. Well, and in the other, in the Charles Soule Vader run, he was trying to bring Padme back to life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very paralleled, which also gets into another theory where Ray is the new Vader. <laughs> yeah. So, 
And I think we've been talking about maybe doing an episode on that, but I suggested we wait until after the novel. Yes, we'll see if we get um, more hints and stuff to that. But basically, like, when I think of The Rise of Skywalker, I do get really down because it's like, what was the point of all of it? What was the point into reading into all of this, into looking into all these things, if in the end, none of it mattered? Yeah. But when you don't look at The Rise of Skywalker and you look at still the new things that are coming out, it's still clear that there's a lot of care going into everything. Like like, like yeah. we said, like with Queen Shadow connecting to the Vader comic, like that's a really interesting connection to draw. Like that, mm-hmm. that is a storytelling thing. That is not a like, oh, this is for a different demographic, so we're not going to tie it in. Like that is a this is all one story type of thing. And I think... I think it was really wrong of them to market this movie as the final Skywalker saga film and to be wrapping up like eight other movies. And so that already, like it sets the audience expectations to a certain point and that the movie fell so short of wrapping up eight movies. To me, at least it fell really short of that expectation. Yes. So I think that if they never set up that expectation, things would be talked about a little bit differently right now. Like, yeah, we would be disappointed in a lot of things, but maybe the conversation would be a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the marketing is one of the biggest things that was it was just one of those nails in the coffin for Rise of Skywalker. Obviously, the writing was a big one, but it just wasn't marketed the way that it should have been. And, like, this is also a reason why I'm still excited about the High Republic, because we could still be seeing those little bits of foundation. And I want to see that care for the story. I want to see that again. I want to know that there are people in Lucasfilm, there are people in the story group that are still excited about this one large story. And I I do think we're going to get that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to wrap it up for our conversation on Dream Theory. Do you have anything you want to add? Nope. Yep. It's uh it's a wild west out here <laughs> in the times after trust. Twenty twenty's been interesting to say the oh, least. Oh god. Um but in our next episode, um we will be talking about the Rise of Skywalker novelization. As of this episode coming out, that book um has been released. So we will be reading it. We are yeah. gonna get into it. Um we'll see what happens. I I've been wondering if I wanted to try to watch the movie again, but I know that I can't until I read this book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this book's going to do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if um, if you're quick enough on your Libby app, you might be able to get that copy from the library. If it's not, um, keep refreshing that Libby app the day it comes out. Potentially, you might get it first on the list. <laughs> it's... It's going to be interesting, and mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people who don't even want to read it as well, which I totally feel. Um, to me, seeing the leaks helped. Like, I already feel better about reading this book, um, knowing what I know right now, so I'm not as afraid of it as I used to be. <laughs> yeah, oh, I am, like, so much more calm ever since the, like, the leaks. I know exactly, like, what I'm going to like and what I'm not going to like, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a really interesting discussion, that's for sure. And it's going to be a big thing. It's, it's going to 
answer questions. It's going to give us more questions. And it's not... It's going to answer a lot of questions that we don't want to Yes, answer. and it's not going to fix the movie, but everybody who has read it has said that it has made them feel better. So here's hoping. Because I think, I think Ray probably did... As, as yeah, well as, as good as she could. could. I think she had an impossible task, and the fact that she did it at all is amazing. So be sure um, you guys tune into that. In the meantime, if you want to be part of Lipstick and Lightsabers, we do have our story episodes that come out every Friday. There are instructions mm-hmm. for how to do that um, in the links in everything down below. Yeah. Um, you can check out our website. Alex has been creating amazing, amazing art for Tea Public. Seriously, <laughs> I'm dying. You got your, you got a phone. No, I you got, got a bag. A, you got a phone case. Yeah, I got, a, I got Little a tote bag. bag of your Rebels Remembered. Which, if people missed the Rebels Remembered art, and you do want to see it again, um, let me know because I'm always willing to throw stuff back up in the shop. Uh, right now, we're seeing some spooky uh, Night Sisters uh, Mortis things in the shop right now. So be sure to go and check that out. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can always find us on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon and she is at Alex Leonis. That's everything got for today and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Oh my God. (laughs) 